On America's Web Radio, I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and in studio with me today are Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. Welcome. So glad you guys are here. Thank you. We're going to talk about a subject that I think is really important and probably not something that we think often about, which is words. Why do we have words? Why do we need them? And what are some of the problematic words that are associated with recovery? So those are the things we're going to talk about today, and hopefully it will get all of our listeners thinking a little bit about the words they use, what they are really trying to say, and ways in which we can help not only remove the stigma of the disease of addiction, but also... Um, we're going to be able, hopefully, to help people understand what some of those complicated words actually mean. So, And I also think it's important because there's a lot of words that, that people are going to hear when they go to a 12-step meeting Right. that in the setting of a 12-step meeting are, are very appropriate and very helpful. Welcome, I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Today I'd like to um, address a topic that I think is really important for so many people, and it's one of the common questions that patients and their families ask us when they first come into treatment, and that's about nutrition and supplements and other ways in which the patient and their family can work together to improve the patient's health as they move through the recovery from addiction. Today we're going to have a special guest, Alice Wellens. She's been a friend of the show and a guest a number of times, and we'll talk with her in just a few minutes. Um, we're excited to hear about her new location and about moving her practice. But I wanted to first talk a little bit about an activity that is going to be held at the Atlanta Healing Center on Saturday, April 29th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The Biofeedback and Clinical Neuroscience Organization of Georgia is going to be holding their April meeting at the Atlanta Healing Center. So all of those of you in our listening audience that are therapists, that are active practitioners of biofeedback or neurofeedback, or folks who are just interested in learning more about the brain, would invite you to join us at the Atlanta Healing Center, April 29th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. This is going to be a very interesting topic because uh, we're going to have some guests speaking regarding how to tell if someone's telling you a lie. So the use of um, EEG and brainwave patterns to help people determine whether someone is telling the truth or not. And some interesting cases will be reviewed and some interesting speakers. So please, please do feel free to join us. Um, also, I'd like to welcome David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. Welcome. Glad you could join us today. Hi. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in Atlanta, and for those of you who are not familiar with Atlanta, we have had some interesting experiences with traffic uh, 
here in our city, uh, which does pose some very interesting dilemmas and some very um, interesting rights. Thank goodness. Michael Daly uh, from the Atlanta Healing Center is an excellent driver and gets us here in spite of some of the challenges we face. Atlanta is known for its very interesting rides regardless, but right now we're having our bridges burning down and, and highways buckling. <laughs> So glad to be here. Yes, thank you. So, David, I had briefly introduced the topic, which is that of ways in which patients and their families can help the person in early recovery get back to full health. And one of the ways that I think we're going to start off our um, topic today is by discussing some nutritional things that we do at the Atlanta Healing Center and that we um, recommend to folks who are in early recovery. Excellent topic. Um, it's crucial for for the healing body and the healing mind, and and for the stability of everything for for people to be getting into some patterns and some routines around sleep, around nutrition, around um, water, yes, hydration, hydration, a very good one. Because as as many of you can guess, if you don't know, you can guess that people who have been active in their disease of addiction often have not taken the best physical care of themselves. They often are not eating correctly. They're, and you mentioned sleep. They're not hydrating themselves correctly. And um, they're often not taking prescription meds that they're supposed to be. They're not attending to their physical needs, and they're also not following up with their physician or their dentist or their podiatrist or other healthcare practitioners to help them with their ongoing medical needs, wellness checks, and so forth. So just the lifestyle of being active in the addiction often causes some pretty significant problems for our patients. One of the... Um focuses that we had actually earlier today in our, our dis- group's discussion was about relapse prevention and one of the the first steps um, in the thing that we were looking at related to relapse prevention was self-care and those are two v- words that you hear all the time thrown at people you need mm-hmm. to practice self-care self-care is so important but it's not ever really defined um, and, and so taking this time, I think, to really look at what is self-care when it comes to physical health and, and, um, and allowing the body to heal um, is crucial. That is very important, and I'm glad that uh, that was part of the discussion for our patients today because, indeed, this is something that we have to address over and over again. We have to address in a variety of ways, and certainly uh, group discussions can be really helpful in pointing out some of the problems because often people are not even aware that there are some issues, and then for those that are aware it's certainly important for them to find some solutions to some of the struggles that they may be having just with difficulty with anxiety or with depression, problems with focus, attention, problems with cravings. A lot of these things can be traced back to some nutritional problems and some supplements can be really helpful. So one of the things that we know, the most common drug that is used today is tobacco. 
And we know, for example, that tobacco does a number of things in terms of depleting our body of different substances and different vitamins. The B vitamins are particularly vulnerable to a number of things, but tobacco is one of them. So you have active in the in the process of smoking, your body is actually using up an extraordinary amount of B vitamins that would normally be used for other things like energy production or making hormones or neurotransmitters. Instead, they're being called in to help with the detoxification and to help try and protect the patient's lungs and other organs from the toxic um, exposure to the chemicals in tobacco smoke. So that is one of the problems. The next one um, are the omega-3s. These are really important um, uh, fatty acids um, that are really helpful in building uh, as building blocks for different parts of our body, including our brains. So when you smoke, you are by nature, depleting some really important vitamins. So we have a couple of um, things that are often helpful for our patients, and one of them is um, something called Restore, that we were actively working with a group up in Canada to develop this combination of replacement of the B vitamins, vitamin D, as well as um, omega-3 vitamins that can really help the person, even if they're continuing to smoke, at least they're not continuing to deplete an already depleted um, supply of, of these important vitamins. So that's an important one. Alcohols are our next one on the list. That well, is, ooh. But while we're still on the tobacco, um, I'm at the Atlanta Healing Center and at a, at a lot of places now, there is a growing message of how important it is to quit smoking and that, you know, your success rate is improved if you quit smoking along with quitting drinking and quitting all these other things at the same time. It, it used to be thought of that you can't add too much to a person's plate, and so you shouldn't take that away. Um, but that being said, there are still quite a few p- patients um, and their family members who aren't yet ready to to give up um, cigarettes, and um, rather than getting into a power struggle with them, being able to really educate them about what it is doing, just on a recovery basis. We talk about how um, when you're smoking a pack and a half or two packs a day, it is going to mess with your sleep. You're not going to get nutri- um, restorative sleep if, if right. you're having to wake up every 45 minutes and have. Um, a nicotine fix and also the the impact that it's having where your body's trying to protect your brain and protect your lungs having some nutritional support to help that while they're still in a place of of getting ready to give up their cigarettes and uh, and so again this is really important and i don't think a lot of people are aware that there are some simple things that they can do to minimize their risk And one of them is to keep their vitamin D level high, that they make sure that they take vitamin D. There have been a number of studies that show vitamin D is really helpful in preventing um, cancers like breast cancer and lung cancer, colon cancer, and prostate cancer. So in being aware of that, and again, if you're not ready, even though we know it improves your chance of success by 25 to 30 percent if you stop smoking, but if you're not ready, you should at least be aware of 
the things that you can do to intervene and help your body stay as healthy as it can, even in active use of tobacco. So the next one we're going to talk about is, um, is alcohol because alcohol has a very direct toxic effect on many different organ systems in our body and thereby depletes a lot of vital um, vitamins, in particular the B vitamins. And we know that alcohol is a diuretic, so it actually causes you to lose more fluids than you take in. So the vitamins, particularly the B vitamins and vitamin C, these water-soluble vitamins, get washed out of um, our patients who are actively drinking, washed out of their system. And this creates a whole number of really bad things that can happen to that individual directly because of these um, B vitamin and vitamin C depletions that happen when they're actively using alcohol. Not to mention that they're not usually eating a lot of green leafy vegetables when they're active in their (laughs) disease of addiction involving alcohol. So when we see this depletion of B vitamins, it's really important. And anyone who has been um, has entered into a detox program or an addiction treatment program for alcohol, one of the things that um, is often a little bit of a shock is the shot in the behind that they might get of um, b- vitamin B1 or thiamine. This is critically important to protect their brain and two really important parts of the brain, um, the Broca's area and Wernicke's area. These have to do with memory, speech, and language. And if these areas are not protected by replacing this particular B vitamin as well as a number of others, there can be ongoing serious and permanent neurological complications. So we're going to take a break now, but when we come back, we'll introduce our guest, um, Miss Alice Wellens, and we'll talk more about how you can be healthy in early recovery. Thanks so much for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I have with me and with David Donaldson, our special guest. Alice Wellens is a licensed clinical social worker who has a private practice here in Atlanta. She's a a friend of the show, and we have done a number of really helpful and informative shows uh, as Alice has been willing to give up her time and be our guest. Now, you just moved to a new location, so I was hoping that you might share with our listeners your new location, your new contact information, so that if they're interested in learning more about you or using some of your skills, um, they'll know how to contact you. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me back on the show. I love being here with you guys, and I'm glad to be here. Um... So, yes, I moved my office on October 31st, and I have to tell you, it was really a lesson in practicing what you preach (laughs) around managing transitions and things that are out of your control. I had been in my old office for 17 years, and uh, the office building was sold, and we had um, a relatively short time of 60 days to find new office space. So it was really a fascinating uh, process to observe myself stomping my feet and not wanting to move and being frustrated and, um, you know, and then having to get get with it and make some decisions. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I'm in my new digs, and I really like it. So you really relate when patients are talking about how they hate change and how hard change is. That's right. And the resistance they throw out when you're pushing them to make some changes. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for lots of clients, um, it was a real opportunity because they, you know, they would ask, well, how, how do you like your new office or how you – how's the new office going and and I was really honest with them in a way of of connecting and relating just to the human experience you know I would say it's really hard to leave after 17 mm-hmm. years and um, I'm I'm dealing with you know having to make transitions and deal with things that are out of my control and it was really a joining um a joining moment with a lot of clients, and what was interesting is um, they then started started to want to take care of me. You know, they would tell me how much they liked my office and how how well it was going, and then we'd laugh about that. So, anyway, I'm just a few blocks away from my old office in Virginia Highlands, and I'm in a building with a lot of other therapists, which is really fun. I didn't have that before, and. Um, I am in a suite with my colleague and friend who's actually a healthcare actuary. So the old joke is what happens when an actuary and a therapist go into practice together. <laughs> and so far it's working out great. 
So your contact information is still the same? Everything's the same except my address, of course. You can go on my website, alicewellens.com, A-L-Y-C-E-W-E-L-L-O-N-S.com, and it'll have all my updated information on there. But website, social media, and phone number are all the same. That's awesome, and I know there's some upcoming events, and we look forward to hearing more about those in terms of active practice of yoga and self-care, which is really what we're talking about today in many ways. Not Maybe not the yoga in detail, but the self-care. Mm-hmm. And, um, David, you had mentioned that this was a topic in group today, self-care being so important and being something that so many patients, particularly those in early recovery, as well as their loved ones, have not done such a great job. Um, the family members were speaking to you, too, because often the family members are stressed and sleep-deprived and not taking as good care of themselves as they need to be because of all of the stress of loving and living with someone who is in active addiction. So... It's really important that we think about the various ways, and we talked about tobacco, we talked about um, alcohol, because these are probably the most well-studied in terms of some of the direct effects of these substances on the body. The big question is always when, when patients are using drugs like methamphetamine, when they're using cocaine, when they're using illicit substances that are manufactured and um, cut, uh, and for listeners who might not know what that means, is there's the pure product, either the methamphetamine or the cocaine, and then in order for the folks along the line of the distribution chain to continue to make money, they literally cut the drug in half and mix it with something else, another white powder, which could be anything from baby talcum powder to cornstarch to some other very potentially dangerous and um, caustic chemicals that sometimes get mixed in here. So these are going to have a variety of effects on the body, particularly the liver and the kidneys, and to a lesser extent the bone marrow, although they can be affected too. So there, that's a bigger question mark because we don't really know what toxic effects some of these drugs are going to have on you. And so that's why we do a lot of extensive blood work when someone's admitted to the Atlanta Healing Center is because we really want to know what we're dealing with and we want to have... Uh, as soon as possible, some interventions to help that person specifically regain their health. But in general, we know that a lot of folks who come into treatment are suffering from depression. And there are a number of things that can look like depression, and there are a number of things that can put somebody at risk for depression. And often, unfortunately, the antidepressants that are prescribed for our patients don't always work. We know that serotonin, that important brain chemical that many of you, I'm sure, have heard about when, if you've listened to any of the television commercials about antidepressant medication, serotonin is a really important neurotransmitter that sends out messages and regulates things like sleep, appetite, energy level, concentration, m- mood, um, memory, interest in things, sex drive. These are all really important things that are 
regulated by serotonin. We know that men make about 50% more serotonin than do most women. I didn't know that. That's good to know. (laughs) It's really important. Maybe not fair. And very much not fair. However, um, if a woman has low levels of serotonin in her brain, then she is much more likely to experience problems with anxiety and with her mood. Now, for the men that have low serotonin, they are much more likely to have problems with depression, agitation, anger, and alcoholism. So whenever we have a man coming in for treatment whose drug of choice um, seems to be alcohol, we should always be thinking that there may be a serotonin problem. I also always think there may be a GABA problem, the calm you down, help you relax, help you sleep neurotransmitter. So, but we can, we can pretty much be assured that there are going to be some of the chemicals in the brain that are not going to be as robust, not going to be as readily available, and are going to have some impact on the person's behavior, their mood, their sleep. So, um, we want to be sure that, um, that we address this. So real often when an alcoholic comes into treatment, you'll see them begin really binging on carbs. Yes. They will talk about eating a pint of ice cream every night, and they'll talk about having lots and lots of pasta. Um, is that in part? Because we always talk about they're replacing the sugar, but that is that also in mm-hmm. part they're, they're seeking serotonin? Yes, and that is one of the interesting things that happens. Um, we know that serotonin is made from... Um, tryptophan, which is a common um, amino acid that we have in our um, in our foods, foods like um, turkey and dairy products and um, uh, carbohydrates. And um, so tryptophan is really important, and you have to have enough tryptophan to be able to have a good. Um, production of serotonin and eventually melatonin. Our sleep hormone is directly made from uh, from our um, serotonin. So you crave carbs because you have to have carbs as well as some amino acids to help tryptophan journey across the blood-brain barrier. And as it's journeying across the blood-brain barrier, in order for it to get in, it needs these carrier molecules to help it because crossing that blood-brain barrier is pretty hard. It is extremely selective, and it is difficult. That's why treating brain diseases is extra hard, harder than treating some other diseases because you can't get into the brain. So when we get into the brain, we need a number of things to help break that tryptophan and convert it into um, into serotonin and eventually melatonin. So some of those things include stuff like... Uh, would we say niacin? Niacin, an important <laughs> B vitamin, B3. B6 vitamins and N3 fatty acids. Yes, so like. those are the omega-3 fatty acids. That's your fish oil. 
Um, the omega threes uh, are really important in that chain of events that are going to take that tryptophan from the food we eat and convert it via um, these B vitamins and um, and fatty acids to make serotonin. It looks like the B vitamins take it from tryptophan to serotonin and the fatty acids take it from the serotonin to the melatonin. That's the chain. That is very correct. And um, we often see a lot of our folks who have a normal mood but still have really bad sleep. So we would suggest then, of course, that they take the um, the fatty acids, the omega threes. So that's we hear that a lot. So for for the um, non medical community who work in addiction, the therapists, counselors, um, if a client comes in and they're in early recovery and they're talking about sleep issues, what we would say to them is uh, B six vitamins mm-hmm. and your fatty acids. Yes. And with that, we would talk about that coming out from, well, let's take the B6 vitamin. That's an actual vitamin that you would go Mm -hmm. to the nutrition section of Whole Foods and get a B6 vitamin. Right. And then how do you talk to them about doses? Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the specific doses and how they can get just the right amount. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and with me today in studio, I have Alice Wellens and David Donaldson. David is from the Atlanta Healing Center, and Alice is from AliceWellens.com, <laughs> A-L-Y-C-E-W-E-L-L-O-N-S.com, and she's a therapist who is in practice here in Atlanta and is also a has great knowledge and wisdom around healthy recovery and good self-care. So thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. So right before the break, you raised a really interesting question about how do we get what we need and how do we know that we've got the right amounts of certain things like the tryptophan, like the fish oil, like the um, the B vitamins. And... Um, so let's talk about that. We were talking about how if somebody comes in and they're they're complaining of sleep issues, but I also wanted to say they might be just complaining of agitation mm-hmm. or mood disturbances, um, um, and that would still be not necessarily a sign that they need medication, but right. that they need some nutritional support. Right, right. And you hear that a lot, too, both the irritation and sleep. It's really important. And I have to tell you, um, and share this too with therapists. We we do the blood work, so I know that the vast majority of our patients are low in the B vitamins, in vitamin D, and in the omega threes because we actually measure that. So I think it's a pretty fair assumption and a pretty safe assumption that people can benefit. All of us can benefit, but certainly folks that are having trouble with sleep, feeling agitated, feeling low energy, can benefit from doing some very simple things like um, like taking some tryptophan. Now, there was a big scare with tryptophan um, a number of years ago when a Japanese company had some difficulty with um, a contaminant within the tryptophan that was being sold. And so tryptophan was pulled off the market and tryptophan got a really bad name because actually people did die. It caused an aplastic anemia and just wiped out all their blood cells. I'm laughing, it's not funny, um, because they did die. So for a long time, people were really afraid that it was the tryptophan, not realizing that it was actually a contaminant from the the production of that uh, particular supplement. But there's some really good ways of getting tryptophan just over the counter. But there's some interesting doses that um, are important. So looks like for tryptophan, for mood, you need one gram of tryptophan if you're experiencing low mood. Um, it looks like for treatment of depression, which would be more than just a low mood, right. a more along the continuum, three grams would be an ideal dose for that. And then also remembering what we talked about in the last segment, that the tryptophan combination with the carbohydrate is the p- piece that's going to help it travel through that blood-brain barrier, which is essential for you to get the effects of the tryptophan that you're looking for. So there are exactly. a lot of combinations there. So that Thanksgiving dinner with the turkey and the rolls. And the butter. And the butter is what puts you right to sleep afterwards because it takes that, that tryptophan directly across your brain. and Exactly. <laughs> so we're getting the tryptophan from the, uh, from the turkey and we're getting the carbs from the rolls and we've got some 
butter going on and some eggs, which give us some of the omega-3s. So you, you got yourself a sleep. You got yourself <laughs> a good nap coming on. And not just because we eat like pigs at Thanksgiving, but because the foods that we eat are actually the perfect combination um, to ha- give us a really good, solid nap. So somebody coming into the office saying that they might be having some sleep issues or agitation or both, this would be a really good place for them to start mm-hmm. is the, somewhere between the one to three grams of tryptophan along with the carbohydrate to help it break the blood-brain barrier. And trying that, um, especially at night, an hour or so before bedtime, they can experiment with how much time they need to get the effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then helping that as be a way to address the sleep issue, which is so common in early recovery for, for practically everybody. So if you haven't done the, the testing and you're going just based on patient complaints, mm-hmm. right. are you more apt to recommend the supplements or recommend nutritional things like having a turkey sandwich at bedtime or something like that? Well, I think that the important thing is if you, we can get it from food, then I think we're always better because sometimes inherent in the food itself are some additional cofactors that we may not be aware of that are really important either for the absorption or the activation of that particular vitamin, mineral, amino acid, fatty acid. So if you can get it from the food, that's always best. And um, and yet there are going to be some people that, for a variety of reasons, can't, won't, or are unable to get it from food. Uh, a little trick is to think about if you want to self-diagnose um, a low serotonin, is if you eat a little sugar and that gives you a lift, you feel an elevation of mood, not just energy, but a change in mood, or if you go on a high-protein diet, and lots of people are doing all kinds of diets all the time, and the paleo diet and the Atkins diet, some of these diets that are in really high in protein and low in carbs, if they make you feel depressed, then you might be low in serotonin, and you might benefit from, um, from boosting that. And one of the ways is to get the tryptophan. And you can get it from the food that you eat. There's no question about that. So some foods that you can eat to help you get around 500 milligrams of tryptophan would be oatmeal with soy and two scrambled eggs. And like Dr. Blank said, you can have breakfast for dinner. So that <laughs> that would be a fun thing to try. Baked potato with cottage cheese and tuna salad. Chicken breast potatoes, au gratin, and green beans. Um, you can have whole wheat spaghetti with bean, tofu, or meat sauce. We're going <laughs> to go for the meat sauce on that list. Um, salmon fillets, quinoa, um, an ancient grain, uh, lentil pilaf, um, green salad with yogurt dressing. So a lot of these things uh, I imagine people would say might sound too heavy to have at bedtime is it is it something you would say like for a six o'clock dinner sure. or seven o'clock dinner and it would work mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. helping um, go to bed six at four hours later? And you may have to do a combination of these things through the day because if you're trying to treat a low mood or a depression, you need um, anywhere from one gram or a thousand milligrams of tryptophan up to 3,000 milligrams of 
tryptophan to treat the mood. So those different meals that you all suggested are about 500 milligrams. So you probably need to have a couple of those. Throughout the course of the day. Throughout the course of the day in order to build up the stores, the raw ingredients that your brain is going to need to put those together and to create the mm-hmm. serotonin. It's, um, it's really important to understand that um, these kinds of um, foods can also be supplemented by some warm milk at night. Now, this is one of those crazy old wives' tales that actually is true. Milk contains a lot of tryptophan, and if you warm it a little bit, it makes it even more bioavailable so that the body can absorb it much more quickly. So a warm glass of milk before bedtime can really help get you that last little boost of tryptophan that you're going to need to make your serotonin and your melatonin. And it is at night that much of the activity of the brain, instead of having to worry about, am I driving my car and am I paying my taxes today, um, we use up a lot of our brain energy and our brain stores and activities when we're awake doing that. But at night when we're sleeping is when our brain is building our neurotransmitters, when our brain is doing its own repair of its highways and its um, traffic signals. So it's very nice to make sure that at bedtime that you do have some of these um, things available. And uh, the warm milk is also comforting, which yes. there's something you know that translates to mood around just comforting yourself and you were talking about self-care earlier David and I feel like you know all of these things are very empowering mm-hmm. for clients to know okay number one these are my biochemical neurochemical vitamin sort of my, the biology of who I am and these are ways I can address it and and like we've talked about in our past shows that's very shame reducing you mm-hmm. know and you just are creating this observing yourself and your system and then learning things that you can do to really prime the pump of, of your brain and and all the chemicals that it's making. And that can be really empowering because they feel so powerless and out of control, and like they can't do anything right. And this is something that can give them some, you know, some opportunity for success. And I think being able to sleep is such an important Absolutely. thing. I, nothing freaks people out more than not getting a good night's sleep and then the next night being worried and anxious mm-hmm. that they're not going to sleep. And so this is, a, this is a tool that they can use for sleep for sleep, and to empower them. And all that repair that happens during the, during the night for the b- brain and body are just crucial for early recovery. There's so much research on sleep deprivation, even an hour or two, Mm -hmm. and the effect it can have on you the next day, and that you can't really catch up, you know. Right. A lot of that effect might just sort of hang around for a while. We spend a lot of time talking about getting back into the timing of life and the Mm -hmm. routine of life, and and with our clients being mostly, mostly people dealing with addiction, they're very used to instantly being able to change their their situation. So if they're not falling asleep at night, they want the pill that's going to put them to sleep. Um, and, and when they're coming and they're saying, I'm not sleeping, I'm not sleeping, what they're really saying is, I'm not falling asleep in five minutes. My brain is starting to mm-hmm. race a little bit. And 
and being able to get them to start doing these things helps them slowly get back into mm-hmm. allowing for winding down, allowing for relaxing, allowing for your body clock to reset itself. Yeah. And learning to tolerate some discomfort is <laughs> yeah. a really important piece because the the ability to tolerate discomfort is is a real skill to learn and this is a good way to do it while giving you some good tools to get some comfort absolutely we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about the omega-3s the other ingredient in our making of serotonin and melatonin and how you can help yourself get some good omega-3s thanks for listening Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Dr. Susan Blank. This is Detailing Addiction, and this is America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I have Alice Willens and David Donaldson, and we've been talking about some empowering ways in which folks in new recovery can begin to address some common issues and to help them develop ways to improve their self-care and improve their basic health. One of the last ingredients that we needed to talk about are the omega-3s. Now, this, there's a lot about omega-3s. Um, it's all over the news. There's big deal. And, and for good reason, because a, 
big part of our brain is made up of the um, fatty acids that are found in the omega-3s, most commonly found in fish oil. But um, it's also that important step in taking the serotonin to melatonin to help sleep. Before we talk about the omega-3s, though, I I do want to just mention the melatonin situation because melatonin is often recommended, and it is over-the-counter. It's pretty readily available. But I would just caution you about melatonin. It is our most powerful antioxidant. It is a really important, not just for sleep, but for a lot of processes in our brain and our body. But it's also um, a bit bossy. And if you get too much melatonin, people can have agitation rather than sleep. And also, patients can um, interfere with the production of other really important hormones, like testosterone and cortisol and estrogen. So I really recommend if you're going to go ahead and not try and make your own melatonin, but uh, you want to buy some at the store, then make sure that you're taking less than five milligrams. I usually tell people to start with one, two, or three milligrams of melatonin and um, not to go higher than that. If you have a melatonin deficiency, that's going to help. If you're going higher than that, then melatonin is not your problem something else is and you could really set yourself up for some other problems so just a little cautionary tale about melatonin good product not habit forming not addictive but it's something to be careful about you don't want too much and it is sort of feeding into that addict mentality Mm -hmm. that i can find a pill to fix this um where I take this melatonin and then I don't have to worry about it rather than changing my diet a little bit or changing my timing. Mm-hmm. So right. we definitely recommend going for the tryptophan with with your nutritional rather than just going for the melatonin pill supplement. Right. And and like we were saying also, just teaching teaching them to slow it down, not take a pill to fix things, tolerate some discomfort, create some neural networks that to- can tolerate some discomfort is a real powerful tool um, for recovery too. So one of the best ways to get fish oil is to surprisingly eat fish. <laughs> who knows? Um, <laughs> who, who would have ever put those two together? And uh, certainly um, wild-caught Salmon, one of your best sources of the omega-3s for the fish oil. Uh, herring, um, sardines, some of these. <laughs> there are some faces being pulled in the room right now. not going to point any fingers, but um, a, a lot of the really stinky fish <laughs> are the fish that seem to, of course, have the higher levels of omega-3. One of the difficulties, well, there's several difficulties um, with fish these days. And I used to really be the person recommending people eat fish. I love fish, grew up raising wild-caught salmon. My father caught salmon all the time, and we've had salmon every way possible. But um, because of the farming of fish, one has to be very, very careful. 
Um, there are certainly in some of the farm-raised fish, we know that there's at least half, if not less, the amount of omega-3s that you get in wild-caught fish. The second problem is that with the um, farm-raised fish, there are often contaminants in the water. They're given um, antibiotics and other things to fight off infections because they're raised in very tight quarters. Uh, often the water the, that is used is contaminated with pesticides and other things um, running off from uh, farmers' fields. And so there are just a number of problems with fish. Also, they're the least closely observed and supervised of all of the meat products that we eat. And so the possibility that... Um, you're not getting what you think you're getting, and the possibility that you've got contaminated fish, and the possibility that the fish you're eating has a lot of lead in it is a big problem. So I say eat fish. You're better off if you, um, if you do to cook it at home. It's very difficult in a restaurant to know what you're really getting and how it has been sourced, but... Um, Chances are it's um, a farm-raised mm-hmm. uh, frozen fish as opposed to a wild-caught fresh fish. So I, I hate to even have to say that, but that is one of, the, one of the things that we have to be aware of. But it really does speak to the reality that with getting the right amount of omega-3s in your system, you probably do need to take a supplement. Because some of us are just not eating much fish at all, ever. <laughs> <laughs> so what would some of those supplements be? Well, when you look at the omega-3s, um, there's another problem with these. Because the average time from fish to supermarket or grocery store or um, uh, pharmacy shelf is about three years. From the time it was a fish until the time you can buy it, it takes about three years. And so there's a lot of possibility that the fish have fish oil has gone rancid. Rancid fish oil, worse for you than not having any fish oil at all. So the first thing to be really aware of is to make sure when you open that fish oil container that it doesn't really stink. If it really stinks, then probably not a a good idea for you. The second issue is related to the processing of the the fish themselves and um, whether or not there are special precautions um, being taken to make sure that, again, contaminants, particularly lead, has been exposed. Taken Extracted. out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, has been taken out. So it's really important that you get a good quality fish oil and that you um, also store it and take it in the proper way. Um, personally, I keep my fish oil in the freezer. That way I make sure, first of all, when I open it, that it's not grossly stinky. If it is, I'll throw it out. Um, but I put it in in the um, freezer to make sure that it doesn't get rancid, that it's not going to age any more than it already has. And it also helps with the fish burps. Um, I really recommend that if people can tolerate it, they take all their fish oil at night. 
The reason being that there's one component of fish oil that will lower your cholesterol. That's the um, EPA part of it. And there's another component that is the building block for the brain. That's the DHA. So it's at night that your body makes cholesterol. And it's also at night, as we just spoke about, that your brain is actually going to be healing and repairing itself. So if you take all of the fish oil at night... Um, it's available for the parts of the brain that, and body that need it. Also, it's available to take that serotonin that you've been using all day to keep your mood going and now convert it to melatonin so that you can go to sleep. So to me, it just makes more sense. But you're also, if you're taking all your fish oil at once, you're more likely to get the fish burps. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I like the frozen um, component of the um, omega-3s for um, for the nighttime. Um, the other thing you have to be really careful about is they lie to you on the front. The front of the containers will often say 1,200 milligrams. Now, if we're looking to treat or to just have a healthy brain, body, serotonin, um, lower cholesterol, then 2,000 milligrams is a good dose. If you're trying to treat depression, if you're trying to use it as an anti-inflammatory for back pain, if you're trying to use it for um, a head injury treatment, these kinds of things, you're going to need like 3,000 milligrams. So that's a lot. You look at the front and it says 1,200 milligrams and you think, oh, good deal, I'm going to have to only take two or three of these. Then you turn it around and you look at the ingredient section. And the ingredient section is where you know the truth. So you look for the EPA and the DHA, and you add these two numbers together because sometimes it'll say 1,200 on the front, and then you look on the back, and it says 150 of EPA, and it says 300 of DHA, and you're going to take a bunch of those pills. So it's really important that you look on the back, that you get a good quality, and that you store it well, and that you take the right amount. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to summarize some really important things. The end. (laughs) Part two will be coming up one day. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.